0: As I say every week, it truly is good to gather and it it's good to be in God's house with God's people to worship our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just a couple of announcements as we begin. The, the women are, have wrapped up their Bible study, is that correct? Okay, so men will meet this week at six o'clock. Um, we had a couple questions this past week in the men's study. We've been discussing the gospel One of the questions was asked, how do we have the conversation? We know the information. How do we have the conversation? So this summer, what I'd like to do is go through probably starting later in June, um, but go through this book. It's called God's Space, God's Space, excuse me. And it's about answering just that question. How do we have a conversation? How do we um, get into a conversation with somebody about the gospel or turn a regular conversation into a spiritual conversation? So if you're interested in that, let me know. It'll probably be about six weeks. We're going to take it kind of flexible in the schedule because it is the summer. So we might do a couple weeks at the end of June, a couple weeks in July, a couple weeks in August, working around the fair and all that stuff. But um, if you're interested, let me know within the next month, and um, I'll let you know a hard date as we get closer. But um, we'll go through this. It'll be mainly video and discussion-oriented. And you will have some assignments as you go home, but it's simple things like notice the people around you. And so um, that's what we'll likely do over the summer. I'm, I'm like 99 and 44, 100% sure <laughs> this is what we'll do over the summer. we always got to leave myself like ivory soap, leave myself that, you know, hundredths of a percentage there. Is so,
1: it
0: men and women both? Yes, men and anybody that would like to partake. So, um, yeah, please uh, just let me know. Um, are there any other announcements? Uh, Women of the church is still collecting until next Sunday. Next Saturday evening, we will have the pizza and game night here. Um, anything else? I feel like I missed something. Eggs. eggs. There are several dozen eggs for the taking out in the entryway. First come, first serve. Don't you know? Trample anybody getting to them. But no, they're eggs there from the from the ratless. So they need wash. They're not washed yet. They need washed. They last longer. If they're not washed, but you need to wash them before you eat them. Anything else? We do. We do. It's not in the bulletin, but it is official that Ingrid's birthday is today. So we know the uh, tradition. So we'll sing. The call to worship today is found in your bulletin, and it comes from Psalm 65, verses 5 through 12. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who form the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who still the roaring seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations, Those living far away fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water. it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the joy. And your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. And the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Let us pray. Our God and Father, we are reminded in Psalm 19 that it is the heavens that declare the glory of God and the firmament shouts forth your praise. We're reminded in Genesis 8 that the rising and the setting of the sun, the changing of the seasons, reminds us is a sign of your faithfulness. And you have shown your faithfulness in mighty ways by gathering us here together in the name of Jesus to worship and to honor you. And so, Lord, we do ask that you remind us that you have promised to always be with us. You have promised to never leave us or to forsake us. And so remind us as we gather here in this place that those promises stand secure, that you are here with us, that you love us, and that you hear us. Lord, we thank you that we are not left on our own when it comes to talking to you, to praying to you, that you have taught us how to pray, and so we pray to you the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom of and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Do we think of God's goodness when we consider the rains that fall? The psalmist that we read from Psalm 65 tells us that God's goodness is shown in the rains as He waters the plants, as He feeds the animals. And so let us sing of that goodness by taking Bible songs, the green book there before you, and turning to number 129, God's providential goodness. God provides all things to us through the nature and through the changing of the seasons. So let us stand and sing Bible Song 129. please be seated. We are a complaining people. We complain about the weather. We complain about the traffic. We complain about the temperature of our dinner. When we complain, we are saying that we know better than God when it comes to the events and the situations of our lives. So let us take some time now to silently confess and to thank God for his providence. Those heads that were bowed with sin, lift them up and hear this assurance. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of First Peter. Peter's letter to the, to the suffering church. First uh, Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is, is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you sh- should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and with respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward, toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord stands forever. We are here to worship God. We are here to honor him and we are called to honor through the giving of our tithes and offerings. So prayerfully consider today how you will give. everything that we have comes from you. You provide for your people as you see fit, and you call us to worship you through the giving of tithes and offerings. Please be honored by the gifts given today. They are given so that you may be glorified and so that your name may be mightily proclaimed in our sin-darkened community, our sin-darkened world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray each week, come quickly, Lord Jesus. as we consider the return of Jesus and long for his presence in our life, we should sing and we should worship. So please take your hymn book and turn to hymn number 244. Come thou, almighty King. Let us lift our voices together in praying and seeking the presence of our King by singing hymn number 244. Please be seated. It is the great one in three that we worship. It is the great one in three that we profess. And so, Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, just a couple of updates, uh, prayer updates as we do go to the Lord in prayer. I I talked to Barry this week. um, Says he was feeling a little bit better, still gets tired really quickly, and he has follow-up later this month with his... um, uh, cardiologist. Please pray for my brother-in-law David, David Harden. Um, He uh, had a uh, appointment with his cardiologist this week and they tried to rush him in for a uh, echocardiogram and a stress test and his insurance company said let's hold off on the stress test for a couple weeks. Um, So pray for David Harden um, that the two weeks do not prove uh, to be a problem. And uh, and pray for my sister as well, as she tries to care for and care for and worry about her husband. Pray for Marta and Bill Lemley um, and the loss of their daughter, um, and continue to pray for them. Any other updates, Donna? I have a friend of mine, Kathy Maddox. She and I worked together about four years ago. Okay. Um, She lost
1: her husband just like two weeks, within two weeks
0: ago. Okay. Anything else? Nick Brackenridge. Nick Brackenridge, that's right. Bill and Nancy are traveling this week. Nick Brackenridge, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around. He has some liver issues, so please be praying for him. Cohen. Yeah. All right. Bill and Nancy are traveling this week, so pray for them. Cohen Bramley. Has had a setback again over the last week or so, so please continue to keep him in your prayers. Um, I did talk to Natalie's mom, Amy, and they get a, a break from chemo for this week, but things are still about status quo, so continue to pray for Natalie. Anything else? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our sovereign and omnipotent God, We cry out to you, hallelujah, for the Lord God, our Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. What glory-filled words that are exclaimed by the saints rejoicing in heaven and by those gathered in your churches around the world today. Hallelujah, for the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. What comfort is brought to our hearts as we learn and live in the light of the reality that you reign. You, God, the Father, sit enthroned in the heavenly realm and you do all that you please, all that brings you glory. You, God, the Son, rule over princes and powers and principalities, subduing all of your enemies and all of our enemies, subjecting those who rebel against you to your lordship. And you, God, the Holy Spirit, rule in the lives of your people and the lives of those chosen by the Father and redeemed by the Son to bring salvation and holiness to the children of God. As we consider your majestic sovereignty and omnis- and omnipotence, how can we cry anything other than hallelujah for the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns Lord God, the almighty, we praise you for your great and amazing deeds. You spoke and the universe was created. The father, son and Holy spirit worked in unison to bring about the earth and everything in it. The skies declare to the watching world, your glory and your majesty. In justice and mercy, you sent your son, the second person of the Godhead into this world, a world that was in rebellion against you, a world full of people that declare their rule and their reign rather than yours. And into that sin-soaked, rebellious world, your son came and lived according to your rule and reign so that we might have salvation. The boiling, bubbling cup of your wrath was poured out on him. So that we might feel the cool, healing, living waters of your mercy and grace. And you sent the Holy Spirit into our lives so that we would be regenerated and able to proclaim. Hallelujah. For the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. Forgive us, O Lord, for forgetting the greatness and majesty and the cost of our salvation. Forgive us for thinking that we are able to save ourselves or keep ourselves in your salvation. Forgive us for constantly trying to wrestle, rule, and reign of our lives from you. Help us to find peace and comfort in your sovereignty. Help us to truly rest in the light and easy burden that living a cross-centered life brings us. Help us to grow in our knowledge of you so that we might trust and love you more. Help us by the power of the cross to live lives that are more and more day by day being conformed to the image of Christ. O great and sovereign God, you have promised that you will help and shelter those who worship you. You have promised that hunger and sickness and death have been defeated. You have promised that tears will be wiped away. Many of your children are aching and hurting, are sick and are bowed down by the weight of their tears. Please bring comfort and relief, as you have promised, to our dear brothers and sisters. We think of the Bramley family and ask that you would bring healing to to Cohen and comfort to their family. We pray for Barry today and ask that you would continue to sustain and strengthen him and give him good news from his cardiologist and give his cardiologist wisdom as they move forward. We pray for Natalie that you would strengthen her in this uh, time off from her chemo and ask that you would um, help to heal her through this medical technology. We pray for David Harden and ask that you would sustain him through these couple weeks, that you would draw him to you in his difficulty with his heart issues and that you would um, bring healing to him and peace to my sister Katie. We pray for Marta and Bill and ask that you would give them comfort in the midst of their loss. We pray for Kathy Maddox as well, that you would bring her comfort and use her friends comfort her as well. We pray for Nick Brackenridge and ask that you would bring help and healing to his liver. And we pray for Bill and Nancy as they travel this week and spend time with family that is far away. Great God, we rest secure in your promises. You, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. You are holy, 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 You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Hear and answer. Hear our praise. Hallelujah for the Lord God, the Almighty reigns. We pray all of this in the name of the Lamb who is worthy, worthy because he was slain. and By his blood, he ransomed a people for God from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation, making us a kingdom of priests who will reign with him forever. It is in the worthy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Please take your Bible in hand and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs chapter 22, and we will begin today in verse 17 of chapter 22. The sayings of the wise. So hear the word of God from Proverbs 22, beginning in verse 17. Pay attention and listen to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips. So that your trust may be in the Lord, I teach you today, even you. Have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and of knowledge? Teaching you true and reliable words so that you can give sound answers to Him who sent you. Let's pray. O great God who reveals Himself, I come before you today seeking to teach your word. All of your mysteries are revealed to us in Jesus and His work. And while some passages are more difficult than others, your word of salvation is plainly put forth in the scriptures. As we open this passage in Proverbs, please show us the means to be knit together in love, the way to full assurance, and the glorious knowledge that Jew and Gentile are bound together to you through the redeeming work of Jesus. Lead us to maturity as we study and apply the word that you have revealed to us. Give me clarity of thought and word as I teach today. We humbly pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, typically when we come to the book of Proverbs, we we think of sayings like Benjamin Franklin would have written down, and we we even sometimes have a tendency to try and work his sayings uh, from you know Poor Richard's Almanac into the book of Proverbs. It really would not surprise us if we saw something in the Prover- book of Proverbs along the lines of a shekel saved is a shekel earned, or. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy and wise. Well, What do we do with Proverbs that we have in our culture that come from non-Christian sources and seek to teach us things that, you know, could be echoed in the scripture? Well, Solomon was faced with that same question. What about truth that we learn that doesn't come directly from the mouth of God? And so today we will look at the reality that all truth is God's truth. And that as we consider truth, that we learn truth so that we might live it and teach it. And we also learn truth so that we might trust. And we learn that because God is truth, we should teach and we should trust. First, all truth is God's truth. Recent scholarship in ancient Near Eastern literature in the book of Proverbs and and some of the Egyptian Wisdom literature have found a correlation between this section in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs twenty two seventeen through twenty four twenty two, Solomon's writing here in an Egyptian book called the and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but it's called the Instruction of Amenemope, who was a wisdom teacher in Egypt. Some think close to the time of Solomon some think at other times uh within the history. But this book, the Instruction of Amenemope, is a collection of 30 chapters, 30 wisdom sayings that that run quite parallel to the 30 sayings that Solomon is giving us here in this next section of his book, the sayings of the wise. Um There are some differences as well. Solomon's sayings are much shorter. Most of Solomon's sayings are four to six lines long, whereas the sayings in the Egyptian book are anywhere from seven to 30 lines long. And Solomon brings something into the mix that the Egyptian author doesn't. And that is God, the the name, the Lord that uh, name, that covenant name of God that he revealed to his people. But there is likely some correlation and some hints that Solomon is using outside sources of wisdom to continue in the training of his son. And we learn from this that God is a God of truth. The, The authors of the theological word book of the Old Testament say all truth comes from God and it is truth because it is related to God. Whenever we should whenever we study the scriptures we should always ask what is this teaching me about God? And one of the key words in today's passage is the word for truth. God is a God of truth. He is truth. He speaks truth. Everything he does, everything he proclaims is true. In verses 20 and 21, Solomon uses words like uh, counsel and knowledge, true and reliable, sound answers as he describes the teaching that he is giving. Sayings of counsel and knowledge describes teaching that is authoritative and unshakable. And why are they authoritative and unshakable? Because they are true and they are reliable, as we learn in the next words, in the next verse. Reliable and sound in verse 21 uh, are, are words that are typically used to describe the words that God speaks in other places in Scripture. These words are true, and because they are true, they are God's words. Now, they... When we we encounter truth outside of the scripture, we have to be careful. We know it's not inspired truth, but we know that we can learn true things outside of scripture. And the reason we can learn true things from non-scriptural, non-biblical, even non-Christian sources is because we are created in the image of God. God is truth and he has imprinted his law, which is true upon us. In Romans 2, 14 and 15, Paul says that the reason that unsaved people do good and righteous things is because the law is written on their hearts. Truth is written in the very DNA, if you will, of human beings. We know what is right. We know what is wrong. We know what is true. We know what is false. Because of our sinful nature, we can deny and suppress those things and call untrue things true and true things false. But deep down inside, we know we are created in God's image. We can learn and we can teach truth as well. And this includes people outside of the children of God. We must be careful, as I said already, to test the truths according to scripture, to make sure that they are truly true. But we can take things like Benjamin Franklin's sayings. A penny saved is a penny earned. Early to bed, early to rise makes a person healthy, wealthy and wise. And we can know that they are true because Benjamin Franklin was created in the image of God, even though more than likely he was not a Christian. All truth is God's truth. And we learn that from Solomon here. We also learn from Solomon that as he likely took these sayings of the wise from extra biblicals from outside of Israel. That he wasn't alone in the teaching of his son, the truth of wisdom. In verse 17, Solomon says, pay attention to the sayings of the wise and apply your heart to what I teach. The wise. In verse 17, agrees in number with sayings. It is a plural word. Another way to say this to get that sense is to say, pay attention to the sayings of the wise ones. Solomon is using other sources of wisdom and other wise men to help teach his son. We turn to Paul once again, specifically the letter of Titus. In fact, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Titus into Titus chapter two. We'll look at the first eight verses Titus was converted under Paul's ministry. He traveled with Paul for a while, learning from Paul, um, helping Paul in his ministry. And when Paul went to Crete and saw that they needed a mature Christian there to help establish churches in in the cities of Crete, he left Titus there. And then he wrote in this letter to give him advice. And in Titus chapter two, beginning in verse one, he says, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, just as the older women taught the younger women, similarly encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. What Paul says to Titus here is that he was to be a model for younger men and that the older women were to be models for the younger women. And it's not too big a stretch to think as well that that Paul would have encouraged Titus to have the older men to be models for the younger men as well. I can attest that if I had the mission of teaching my children wisdom, if I had only myself to rely on for that, well, that would be an uphill battle. But God didn't leave me alone in seeking to raise my boys and to teach them wisdom. He placed us in a church with wise and mature Christian men. Brothers, if you have been walking with Christ for a time, If you have reached a level of maturity in your life, in your Christian walk, you are called to be an example, a model, a teacher to younger brothers in Christ. Young people, if you are seeking to walk this earth, honoring God in your walk, you are called to seek out older brothers in Christ, older women in Christ You are called to teach and to walk alongside those who are younger in their Christian walk. To encourage them, to teach them wisdom. Younger women, you are called to seek out older, more mature women to learn from and to walk alongside with. We are not in this alone God has placed us in the family of the church to help each other in this walk of wisdom. And sometimes if you're anything like me in pride, you keep that to yourself. You don't seek out help in your struggles. You walk alone. And sometimes in fear, you don't look to the person who is struggling and offer to help. The work of Jesus does so much more than just save me and save you. The work of Jesus saves us and God in his providence, God in his sovereignty said, I want each of these people to be a part of my family that meets regularly at 9364 Seneca Trail South, fairly West Virginia. And I want them to walk together In the power of the cross. I want them to struggle together. I want them to rejoice together. And I want the mature in the church. To walk alongside the immature in Christ. And I want the young in Christ to seek out the more mature. So that they can teach each other wisdom. So that those who have walked the path of parenthood can walk alongside those who are just starting that path. So that those who have walked for a time in this earth and struggled with temptation can come alongside those who are struggling today. The work of the cross. Binds us together through a common hope, through a common origin as sinners, through a common salvation, So that we might come alongside each other and teach God's wisdom to others. All truth is God's truth. We also learn truth to teach. And you can see where these things bleed together. Solomon's first exhortation to Rehoboam says that he is to internalize the teachings that Solomon is giving him. So that they can be ready on his lips. There's an interesting play here in the original language of using different body um, parts to describe the learning process. It opens with paying attention and listening. And this involves hearing. And then it says, take and apply to your heart what I teach. And then in the next verse, verse 18, it says, It is pleasing when you keep the teachings in your heart. Now, the word heart there is different than the word heart in verse 17. It is literally keep them in your belly. They didn't have a a, they didn't have as full a knowledge of the brain and how it worked during Solomon's time. And they saw a progression that you heard teaching. And as you listened to teaching as it made its way into your inner being through your ears it funneled its way into your heart to where you began to act out and apply the teaching. And as you applied it and learned it it worked its way even deeper into your into your belly which was where all thoughts and all knowledge was stored was in your belly. That's where you kept all the thoughts that you needed to bring back up at some point in your life. It's a very graphic picture that they used. You didn't just let thoughts fall from your brain out of your mouth. You brought the you regurgitated them out of your belly so that you could speak them. This process of hearing, applying and internalizing the truths of wisdom are there. So that you can have a ready teaching on your lips. We don't learn in isolation. We don't apply in isolation and we don't internalize in isolation. If we have walked and lived a truth long enough, we should be able to teach that truth to somebody else. How many of you ever read um, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? In the introduction to the book, he says the last encouragement that he gives you, the last, actually it's a command, it's not an encouragement. The last command he gives you in the introduction is says don't keep this to yourself, go teach it to somebody else because that's the quickest path to learning is teaching. Wisdom is the same way. We don't just get wisdom for wisdom's sake. We don't just get wisdom for ourselves we learn and internalize wisdom so that we can teach it to others guys we look for a legacy in this world that is part of how the fall affects us is we want to be remembered what's the best legacy that we as men can live leave others who are going to come behind us and live a godly life according to how we have lived and how we taught. That is what we are called to do. That's the legacy we are called to leave. The the men's Bible study has gone through several weeks of learning the gospel message, the message of a just creator God, the message that we are sinners before that just God and he will punish us for our sins. And the message of, of a a Savior who came and offered mercy and grace rather than judgment. We didn't just learn those things for ourselves. We learn those things and we pray that we can teach those things to somebody else, whether it's our children or people that God brings into our lives. Peter even echoed that in our scripture reading today. Always have an answer. Always be ready to explain what you believe and the hope that you have. We are called to walk and to live a wise life so that we might teach. But we are also called to walk and to live a wise life so that we might trust. All truth is God's truth. We learn truth to teach and we learn truth to trust. This is the word of God. Yes, Solomon might likely have taken sayings from the Egyptians, but under the inspiration of God, he tweaked them and he wrote them down and they have been put here for us in the scriptures. These are words to us, not only about how to live, but these are words that teach us to know God. We learned in this that God is truth. And that's important. And the more we learn about God, the more we trust him. The more we test his words and see that they are true, the more we trust him. The challenge here in verse 19, I teach you today, even you, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I just flipped the lines there a little bit. So that your trust may be in the Lord. Apply these truths and see whether or not they are true. Apply the truths of the scripture and to see whether or not God is true. And learn to trust him more. We are each given trust, but we are called to have that trust grow. And we learn and apply wisdom so that trust may grow. Think about the first time you saw a brand new doctor. Maybe you went there because of a referral or. Maybe a friend told you that this doctor was a good doctor. You went with a little bit of trust, but there was still a level of distrust there until you got to know her a little bit better. Until she proved herself that she could take whatever it is that you were struggling with and apply her knowledge to those situations in a way that brought ease and comfort to your medical situation and your trust grew in her as your doctor. The same goes for God. We have a certain level of trust given to us by the Holy Spirit, but that trust has to grow as we learn more and apply more about him in our lives and see him faithful in our lives. What commands are we just not sure we want to follow through on? Because I don't know if I can trust God with that part of my life. Look back on other parts of your life where you have given to him and he has proved faithful. That's wisdom. That's the application of God's teachings and grow in your trust in him. We learn and apply wisdom. We learn and apply truths about God so that we can trust him more. All truth is God's truth. We learn truth to teach. And we learn truth to trust. How is your trust today? Many of us struggle with trusting God. We trust him enough for salvation, but but not enough for that one area. We just hold on to because it's special to us or it's scary for us to let it go. It's hard for us to let things go in this world. Because we don't always trust God the way we should, but we're called to trust God and we're called to grow in our trust in him and in his truth. I encourage you today to become a person hungry for truth. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Study the works of God in creation. Study the words of God in the Bible. Internalize them. Let them enter your ears. Let them change your heart and let them reside in your belly so that you can bring them back up when necessary. And don't do it alone. God has given us brothers and sisters, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, so that we can learn wisdom by watching their example. Sometimes it's the example of how well they fall and repent as they get back up. Sometimes it's the example of, man, they walked the same temptation, the same difficulty, the same struggle that I've walked and their faith is intact. I need to follow them and seek to grow to be a teacher. Learn and apply God's wisdom in your life and be willing to teach others. As you mature in your walk with God, we think about teaching oftentimes as this, or me in front of the music stand in Sunday school, or Jonathan, you know, down in the adult Sunday school room for Wednesday night Bible study. Sometimes teaching is just sitting down with somebody who's been at this less time than you have and saying, How can I help you in your walk? How can I help you in your struggle? I'm not perfect, but I'm here. Be willing to teach. Be willing to trust. Be willing to learn truth. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you that your word is truth. Uh, Jesus prayed to you on that night that he was betrayed. He prayed, grow them, teach them in the truth for your word is truth. And your truth leads us to trust. And so, Lord, help us to trust you more and more and help us to be willing as we trust you more, as we internalize your truth more, help us to be willing to walk alongside others and to have a ready defense upon our lips of the hope that we have. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn today comes from hymn number 265. Sing them over again to me. Good, solid hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, songs, as Paul says, are amazing ways to learn truth as we sing over and over to ourselves the truths of God's word. So let us stand and sing hymn number 265. Sing them over again to me, those wonderful words of life. Encourage you. Music is a wonderful way to internalize those truths, to get the truths down into your belly, not just in your ears, not just in your heart, but all the way down in the belly, so that yes, they can be regurgitated back up when needed. Um, so please, Crown and Covenant, as on most streaming services, they have musical versions of the Psalms in a some of them in familiar hymn tunes, um, and then other. Groups like that, if you need more recommendations, you can ask me later and I can make some recommendations of people that actually sing scripture in easily learnable tunes so that you can begin to internalize them. As we leave this place, take this blessing and doxology with you and know that your God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus to our God and father be glory forever and ever. And as we leave this place, we take as well the reminder of the hope that is to come by praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.